Just let that holy anointing just saturate you right where you're at. The healing power of God is, is flowing right now. And Jesus is touching your life. He's touching your physical being. And so, Father, we thank you right now for your healing power, which is activated through faith, even from this place, to every home, to every living room, to every automobile, to all that are online now viewing this broadcast. Lord, we know that your hand is not shortened and that you are able to do way out beyond what we can ask or think. So we pray that you would do this now. Quicken bodies. Saturate them. And Lord, bring supernatural divine encouragement to those that have been discouraged. Lord, we pray for a boost in people's emotions. We thank you, Master, that you are the bishop of their souls. And so, and so we come against those forces that have come against people's souls. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we speak shalom over you. We speak a saturation of the unction of the anointing upon your mind, upon your soul, and upon your emotions in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now just go ahead and say, I take that. I receive that. I receive now. I believe and I receive. Oh, you are our great shepherd. We magnify you this morning. We thank you that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so in the mighty name above every name, the name of Jesus, we plead the blood over our spirits, over our souls, over our bodies and we take and we receive all that you have come to give us this morning and we honor you we glorify you we give you alone all the glory let's go ahead and just lift our hands just another few moments oh pasike lebratalamashe Some have wondered, Lord, how much longer? How much longer shall it be? It's up to you how much longer it shall be. Get on over into the arena of faith. Remove yourself from the doubt and from the unbelief. And ye know this, that I am moving on you. I am moving for you. For I am on your side. So remove yourself from the timetable. And say today is the day of my salvation. Today is the day of my deliverance. Hallelujah. I'm getting stronger and stronger. Every day, every day, every day. Glory to God. Well, praise God. Glory. Say it with me, for the Lord is good, <clears throat> and His mercy endures forever. Let's say it again. For the Lord is good, <clears throat> and His mercy endures forever. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you so much, guys. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful.
want to invite you this morning to open your Bibles, if you would, uh, to the book of James. And we're going to look at the second chapter, and we're going to look at verse 8. This morning's message is a part of our series, Keys to a Successful New Year. And I want to entitle this, Let Brotherly Love Continue. Now, last week, we talked about how that you and I are part of a holy nation, a purchased possession, 1 Peter 2.9. And as citizens of the kingdom of God, as a part of this holy nation, we stated that we have a royal law. And that royal law is the law of love. Now, in James, the second chapter, <clears throat> and verse 8, and I'm going to read it from the Passion. It says, your calling is to fulfill the royal law of love as given to us in the scripture. And I like how he says this, you must love and value your neighbor as you love and value yourself. For keeping this law is the noble way to live. Immediately what jumped out at me is I will not be able to love and value my neighbor as myself if I don't love myself. You see, loving oneself doesn't come from the spirit of pride and I'm all that and all those things. But loving ourselves comes from an understanding of exactly how much he loves us. In 1 John 4, and I believe it's verse 16 right around there, it says this, And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. Now notice this. Known and believed the love that God has to us. Think about that for just a moment. Having faith in the love of God and having faith in how much God loves us, positions us then to value not only ourselves, not only to respect ourselves, but to value and respect our nearby or our neighbor. You know, Jesus said in John 17 and in verse 23, he said, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as thou has loved me. So what this is saying is in Christ we are one and a result of being joined unto the Lord and being one spirit, <clears throat> our Father loves us as much as he loves Jesus. That will remove all insecurity. That will remove the need to tear others down to make ourselves feel built up. No. God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. And so, receive that this morning. Receive that today. And then as you freely receive that and meditate on that and work with that, regularly freely you have received now freely give you and I cannot give what we do not have but we have this love on the inside of our hearts Romans 5 5 says the love of God the agape kind of love is shed abroad in our hearts. Notice he didn't say in our heads. If you live out of your head, you'll be in trouble. If we live out of our head, we'll be walking in the flesh, angry and all upset at every little thing that comes down the road. But if we will be God inside minded, love inside minded, 
Holy Ghost filled with the fullness of God, experiencing the greatest measure of His divine presence, become that kind of minded, love of God minded, whoo, glory to God. The limits are off of where you can go in God. Jesus gave us a commandment. It's not a suggestion for us to walk in love. He said in John 13, 34 and 35, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Well, I love God, but I'm not going to love that person. I know too much about that person. Get your mind off the person, amen, and get your mind on the love of God on the inside of you. And if you will do that, you'll be able to see something good in them. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. But now notice with me in verse 35, and I want us all to read this together, please. Ready, read. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. This is evidence to the world. Loving one another. Not the fact that we just go to church. There's a lot of church people that are walking in the flesh. I didn't point any fingers. But there's a lot of church people whose flesh is out of control. And if our flesh is out of control, even though we're in church, what have we there? All we have is a form of godliness. All we have is ritual instead of relationship. And it falls so far short of what God intended for the church to be. And I heard a hearty amen out there. Not whether we go to church or not. It's not how we dress. Well, somebody says, Pastor Mark, I just don't feel like walking in love. This commandment is not dependent on my feelings or yours. Love is not based on feelings. Love is a choice. And we can choose love every day of our lives. Now, what I got in my heart <clears throat> specifically for this morning is this love of God must be stirred up and it must be released. Now, a sure way to do that is through our words and through our actions. And I am impressed in my heart by the Holy Ghost, I believe, with two words. One is prepare, and the other is practice. Let's talk about this preparing ourselves to walk in the love of God, to arm ourselves. Preparing ourselves to walk in the God kind of love can come by proclaiming and professing faith-filled declarations. The more you talk about God's love in you, the more you acknowledge that He lives in you and that the love of God abounds in you richly, the easier it will be for you to be reminded of that love when the test comes to walk out of love. What are you talking about? I'm talking about believing and speaking and declaring Scripture's concerning the love of God, just like you believe and speak and declare scriptures on divine life and divine health, divine prosperity, ad infinitum. It's the same principle. And so, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. Here's one thing that we can do, and I suggest it to you. Love endures long and is patient, and in kind and kind i endure long i am patient i am kind love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy it's not very glorious it does not display itself haughtily i want to drop down to verse 5 it is not conceited arrogant or inflated with pride it's not rude it's not unmannerly God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. 
The love of God inside of us is not resentful. We could say this with me. I'm a forgiving person. I am not resentful. I take no account of the evil done to me. I refuse to pay attention to a suffered wrong. How about this one? Verse 6. I do not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but I rejoice when right and truth prevail. And then verse 7. I bear up under anything and everything that comes. Ooh, here's one. I'm ever ready to believe the worst of every person. No. I'm ever ready to believe the best of every person. So that will get you started, get you thinking about some scriptures that you can personalize out of 1 Corinthians 13. You're preparing yourself to walk in the Spirit. You're preparing yourself to walk in love so that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then, the one that I want to center in on mostly this morning, not only prepare ourselves, but then practice the love of God. Practice it. In other words, you and I can look for ways to show forth His love. How do we do that? How do we practice it? Well, one way we can practice the love of God is by being patient with others. Being patient. I tell you what, impatience tries to get a hold of me when I'm out there driving on the road. I don't know about you, but I've just got to hold myself away from the horn sometimes and just realize and understand that me honking my horn and me getting all angry and upset in my automobile is not going to do me any good and it's not going to help them at all. So that's one way that you can be patient. You can be patient in lines. You can be patient at the grocery store. We can be patient with others when others may not be doing their job, when others have failed to meet our expectations. We can walk in love and we can come alongside people and we can lift them up rather than tear them down. The love of God is patient. The love of God, another way we can practice this love is how about this? We can be kind to one another. We can be kind to one another. We can say two words that are so very, very delightful to hear. We can say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you. Another way that we can be kind, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling financially. And you may have an extra $5 bill in your pocket. I know Brenda and I are not using cash much these days. And so when I get cash, I'll put it in my wallet or I'll keep it in my car. I'll tell you what, the guys that wash our car just love to see us coming. You know, started giving them a very generous tip and I notice they smile. And I notice that they give the car a little bit of extra cleanliness. The one guy was, he doesn't speak English, but you know, you don't have to converse with people. Just show love. Be kind. He saw something on the car that wasn't right and he took the time to fix it. He took the time to adjust it. Be kind. Be kind with your words. Husbands, be kind to your wives. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Husbands, go out of your way to unload the dishwasher. <laughs> love your wives. Be kind. We can do that. Say, every, say it with me, everybody. I can be patient and I can be kind. Here's another way that you and I can practice love. How about this one? We can practice the love of God by believing the best of others. See, the love of God sees the best in others. 
One way we can do that is we can look beyond the natural and we can pray to see other people through the Father's eyes and the Father's love. 1 Corinthians 13 says that love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I know different. Look closer. Look closer. You can always find something good about a person. Love sees the best. Love speaks the best of others. We must watch our words. The love of God on the inside of us will constrain us. It will hold us back from saying everything we think. (laughs) How many have ever said something that you thought and you wish you hadn't? Mm -mm. The love of Christ constrains us. Love speaks the best. Watch your words. 1 Peter 3 says, He that would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Ephesians 4.29 says this in the Amplified, Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and what? And beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and to the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. Amen. When you prepare yourself by declarations and proclamations, then you'll be able to practice the love of God. Here's another way that we can practice love. We can do so by being complimentary. Just let people know you're thankful for them. And just add a deed to your words. We're not just to love in word only, but we're also to love in deed or in actions. In 1 John 3.18, he says this, Beloved children, our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. Our loving deeds. Deeds, actions. I can't tell you the times where I've received a card from someone in the church or a a card from a friend just saying, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, I love you, and I appreciate you. Man, that puts fuel in my tank. You know, to know that people love and care for you is so, so powerful and beneficial to you. But it also does you good to demonstrate that to others. Send people cards. How about this? Buy them a gift. Next time you go to Starbucks, buy somebody a $10 gift or a $20 gift. Buy them a gift. Send them a gift. Be complimentary. Be loving. Another way that you and I can practice this love is instead of being judgmental and critical of people, what do you say we lift up people in prayer to the one and the only one who can change people? Well, Pastor, I see a lot about that person that needs to change. Newsflash, you're not the one that can change them. You're not the one that can transform them. Come on. But you are the one who can zip the lip, step away from it, and then over the process of time, pray to God for the change to come. What about people that aren't saved? Hey, unsaved people do what unsaved people do, right? I mean, you just think about before you were saved. I'm looking at Brenda over there. She's never been unsaved. And I'm looking at PT. He's never been unsaved. I'm not sure about Jane. 
and I know Brian for sure. <laughs> but pointing at you, I got three fingers here. Unsaved people act unsaved. Want to take it a little bit further? They act like the devil. They do demonic things. Hello? Now for us to try to meet that need on a lower level of being critical and being judgmental will never bring change into people's lives. People that are not saved, I'll tell you what we can do. We can start seeing them as harvest. We can remind ourselves of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed for us and that blood will never and has never lose its power. The same blood that was applied to you for your salvation can be applied to their lives. The same faith in His blood, the same faith in, his, in the cross that occurred for me way back in 1975 has never ever lost its power. There is power for the addicted. There is power for those that are living under the weak and beggarly elements of this life and of this world. There's power. So let's see them through eyes of love. Let's pray for them. Let's see them as harvest. What do you say? Can we do that? Can we do that as a church? When we reopen, which I believe, believe will be soon and very soon, when people walk in our doors and they don't look like us and they may not act like us, can we see them as harvest? Can we love them? Well, what if they come into church with a hat? Let them leave their hat on. They might be hiding something. Who knows? Just so it's not the wrong thing, obviously. But folks, we need to understand that harvest does not always look pretty. It does not always smell pretty. But harvest in the eyes of God is precious. Lord, give us that sight. Give us that vision to see those you see as precious. Another way that you and I can practice love is by being unselfish. We read it earlier. The love of God in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For God's love in us is not self-seeking. A friend of mine said this many years ago. He said, the selfish life is the empty life. The self-centered life is the miserable life. But the giving life, that's you and that's me. The giving life is the fulfilling life. And the unselfish life is the satisfying life. Glory to God. Putting others first. Not being selfish. Not being self-centered. But Christ-centered. Love of God-centered. Love gives. Another way that you and I, all of us, can practice love is we can do so by preferring others. What do you mean preferring others? Well, I think Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says it pretty clearly to us. He says, be kindly affectioned one to another. Kindly, that's that word kindness. Affectioned one to another with what kind of love? with brotherly love. Now notice this. In honor. In honor. Preferring one another. Preferring. Showing deference. Showing preference to one another. The God kind of love prefers the NIV says it this way, and I don't think we have it, but the NIV says, honor one another above yourself. That doesn't mean you don't honor yourself, but just honor one another above 
yourself. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. The NLT says this, take delight in honoring one another. Glory to God. I mean, when the pizza gets down to one slice left. (laughs) I'm going to honor PT. (laughs) When the chocolate in the office gets down just to a few pieces. (laughs) We're going to honor one another. We're going to prefer one another. Wow. Our attitude would be, Lord, make me a blessing. And then look for ways to be a blessing. Let me bless you today. And then we also can practice this wonderful love of God on the inside of us by praying. Now listen to this. I said praying for your enemies. Praying for your enemies. Now Jesus said very clearly, I think it's in Mark chapter 5, And the 44th verse. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Somebody says, what are you talking about? Love your enemies. No, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Notice it didn't say curse them that curse you. It says bless them that curse you. Marilyn Hickey did a teaching many, many years ago, and she said the word bless carries with it this connotation. Lord, bless them can also mean, Lord, change them. Bless them. That curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Did you notice here what Jesus said to do? Four things. Love, Bless, do good, and pray. Dr. Martin Luther King said this, and I love this quote. He said, Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Have you got any enemies out there? You might have. Pray for them. Do good. Love. And you'll be amazed what God will do to bring reconciliation. And then we can practice love by being a forgiving person. A forgiving person. Uh, The greatest enemy to our faith is unforgiveness. It's the greatest enemy. You know, Jesus said in Mark 11... 23, 24, and 25. And you can keep that up there. But in Mark eleven twenty three, he said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Then in verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. But then in verse 25, he makes it very clear. He says, And whenever you stand praying, whenever you're saying to the mountain, or whenever you're praying and believing, you're receiving, if you have aught against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses this word ought there is like it means holding a grudge against someone for any reason what does a grudge imply a grudge implies a bitter spirit hebrews 12:15 states that a root of bitterness when we allow it to grow in our lives will cause defilement it will hurt us It will bring us down. And so the Bible talks about being quick to forgive. Have you noticed this? That the longer that we wait, the harder it is to do. 
the longer that we hold on to resentment, the deeper that root of bitterness can grow. Faith will not work in an unforgiving heart. Unforgiveness is the door through which the devil enters. A wise man said many years ago, any time you're feeling mistreated, you know that the devil's working on you. Smith Wigglesworth, great apostle of faith, quoted, and I quote, he said, I realize that God can never bless us on the lines of being hard-hearted, critical, or unforgiving. This will hinder faith quicker than anything will. I believe that there are a great many people who would be healed, but they are harboring things in their heart. Let those things go. Went on to say there's many good people, a lot of good people, a lot of good people harbor things in their hearts. And if they would just make that little adjustment, man, it would make a big difference. Many good people that mean well, but they have no power to do anything for God. There's just some little thing that came in their heart years ago and their faith has been paralyzed since. Wow. It's not worth it. This just came out of my spirit. Friend, it's not worth it. It is not worth it. Let it go. Forgive, forgive by faith if you have to, but just let it go. Stop rehearsing the past. Stop allowing yourself to relive it. Don't live there anymore. It's time for you to move on and to move forward and to move up in the things of God because God's got a great, great plan and purpose for your life. That came out of my heart. You see, in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 6, it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. But notice, let's read that last part. But faith which worketh by love. If we want our faith to worketh, we must make sure that we're walking in the God kind of love. One person said this. I love this quote. If your faith is not working, mountains are not moving. So, check your love walk. I do that all the time. Somebody says, Pastor, have you ever stepped out of love? Uh, yeah. Well, what have you done? None of your business. If your faith is not working, this is one area I would check. And mountains aren't moving. Check your love walk. When you've been done wrong, God has given you the ability to forgive. In Ephesians 4, verse 31, right on through Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. Y'all good? This is a good feeding for us today. In Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, verse 31, and uh, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you, put away from you with all malice. Get rid of it. Verse 32. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Be followers, imitators of God as his children and walk in love. Walk in love. Walking in love is your greatest challenge as a believer. But it is also your greatest reward. So holding on to hurts of our past, it can poison our present and limit our future. Billy Graham said this, in one bold stroke, forgiveness obliterates the past 
and permits us to enter in to the land of new beginnings. That's a timely word for us as this holy nation. That's a timely word for all of us of different races from different places, of different ethnos and different backgrounds. It's a timely word. The way to get better and not bitter is to not rehurt the past. And I saw something very clearly this morning, and this is will be our close, and I like what my beautiful wife says, I'm fixing the clothes. That's an Oklahoma term for it may be a few minutes. But I saw something this morning. And I just want to share it with you how I saw it. A true sign. A true sign of spiritual maturity and spiritual adulthood is walking in love. A true sign of spiritual babyhood and being a child spiritually is strife, envy, evil speaking, division. God's called us to grow up. If I'm going to grow up and you're going to grow up, we've got to grow in love. Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 says it so very clearly. And above all these things, what's the greatest of these? The greatest of these is love. And so he says in Colossians 3, 15, above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond or the mark of perfectness, or maturity above all things walking in love stamps you and says now there's a true disciple there's a man there's a woman who's walking in God we don't have this translation but one translation says most of all let love guide your life and I like this. For then the whole church will stay together in perfect harmony. Not something that's manufactured. Not something that comes by a, a work of the flesh. But everyone taking their place in love. Then the whole church. The local church the global church, globally and locally. The whole church in the Bay Area, the whole church in the USA, we can stay together in harmony. The Bible talks about the unity of the Spirit, which is the bond of peace. Unity will never come by all of us agreeing on everything. It'll never happen that way. But unity and harmony and staying together will come as we walk in the God kind of love. Can you say amen? And so this is my prayer for me. This is my prayer for this local church. This is our prayer for the body of Christ it's found in Philippians 1 and verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge in all judgment. We can't grow without growing in love. The more we grow and mature, the more of his love should abound. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our wonderful staff, all of our team leaders, all of our members, all of our partners. Let brotherly love continue. 
I pray that the love of Christ may increase more and more in our lives. Lord, help us to be as the Master is. For you said in your word, it is enough that the disciple be as his master. Lord, may we grow in love. May we lay aside the weights. May we lay aside the differences and give ourselves for the cause of Christ, for the advancement of your kingdom in Jesus' name. And in closing, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 from two translations. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Verse 10, And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are all in Macedonia and the Bay Area, but we beseech you, brothers, that you increase more and more. Abounding love. Let brotherly love continue. Prepare yourself. Practice the love of God. And in closing, as my sweetheart comes, 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, and 10 from the great message translation. Just a beautiful, beautiful translation. Regarding the life together and getting along with each other, you don't need me to tell you what to do. You are God-taught in these matters. Just love one another. Just do it. Amen. You're already good at it. Your friends all over the province of Macedonia are the evidence. And I love how he ends it. Keep it up. Getting better and better at it. Amen. Amen. We're growing in love. Amen. We're letting brotherly love continue. And as last time I checked, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love never fails. That's right. Amen. If you want to be a success in life, walk in the high realm of the love of God. The air gets rare there. But oh, the blessing is Amen. upon us. Amen. Amen. Such a powerful word of God today. And while you were preaching, Pastor Nancy text something to me that the Lord had spoke to her heart and I think this is so appropriate because one of the best ways to make sure we're walking in love and when we're tempted to have ought against somebody is to pray for them you obviously yeah, men mentioned that but she said it just like this and I think this is right from the heart of God when you practice love in prayer for one another God moves on them he moves on the situation and he wow. moves on you. Yeah. He works his heart in you for that person. Amen. So that's what happens. When we pray, of course, we need to pray for those that, like you shared, despitefully use us. Jesus said that. Those that seem to be our enemies. Those that we don't agree with. Yeah. But what came up when she texts that to me also is that we need to be praying for one another. That's true. Here at Heart of the Bay. Very good. And not because we have aught in our heart toward each other, yeah. but because we love one That's another. Right. And we want to stay connected. And yes. we just want to be praying for yeah. each other. So I felt That's that. That's being rooted and Amen. grounded. Yes, it is. In the love of God. And you know what prayer does? It protects us from the enemy trying to come in. That's right. And cause division. That is so true. Yeah. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Praise the Lord. Just a, I just, just believe just a, a fresh anointing, a fresh commitment. Thank you, Jesus. To live this life for God. Yes, amen. And to live it in the love of God. Amen. You know, if you've held on to something, if there's any bitterness, well, you can let it go right now. Matter That's of fact, right. just pray this with me. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I've seen in your word. I've seen in your word. Bitterness does me no good. Bitterness does me no good. And so by faith. So by faith. I let go. I let go. Of the oughts. Of the oughts. Of the bitterness. Of the bitterness. I let it go. I let it go. I release that person. 
I release that person or those persons or those persons and I forgive and I forgive and I release the weight of it and I release the weight of it and I receive and I receive just a fresh anointing a fresh anointing just a sense of newness of life sense of newness of life in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah Glory and someone right now you're even you're receiving healing you know there's yeah. many many diseases that try to attach it themselves to our bodies yeah. and some of those deep diseases the yeah. root of it is bitterness sure. and resentment and the mondri vistage you've prayed that prayer right now you've released that person those oughts in your heart just receive the anointing the healing anointing is flowing on you right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet driving out any sickness any disease pain pain you gotta go right now in jesus name ha 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 yes lord oh thank you lord yes lord ha ha Hallelujah. i get this in my heart Life was never meant to live on your own. No, no, no. The challenges that you face mm -hmm. were not intended for you to meet them on your own. That's right. Amen. What is trying to overcome you will never be overcome on your own or in your own strength. Yeah. The Lord just wants to remind you mm -hmm. that you are not your own and you are not on your own. Amen. Thank you, Lord. For, for that. I love you. Yes. And my hand is upon you. And I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Hallelujah. So stop trying to do it in your own strength or in your own ability. Yes. And rely on supernatural strength and yeah, supernatural help amen. and supernatural ability mm -hmm. that is available to you. Hallelujah. You are my own. Thank you, Lord. And my hand is upon you. Thank you, Jesus. So open up your heart and allow me to fill you and to fuel you and to strengthen you and enable you <laughs> to overcome by the power Thank you, Lord. of love. <laughs> Glory Jesus. to God.